Oh, okay. So yes, I've always lived in um, Dubai. Okay. Um, okay. I visited a few places. Um, Bahrain, Doha, mostly for travel. Um, back to the U.S. Um, I've been to Oman, which is in the region, but not of the GCC. Um, but I haven't been to Kuwait. There's a lot of places though I have not been within the GCC. Obviously Abu Dhabi. Um, I've been to all the all of the Emirates basically in the United Arab Emirates. And and uh, Okay. So tell tell me this. What did work specifically bring you here or you wanted to get out of your comfort zone? Um, absolutely. I think you hit, for me, um, I'll speak for myself, um, I think I was maybe my early 30s and I had this, I didn't have a family. I, I felt like I needed a change. I felt like something, I needed to do something to shake it up a little bit. Um, so initially when I got the itch, I, I you know, was going to Washington, D.C. And being a Florida girl, my mom said, you know, it snows. And uh, that's <laughs> did I want it? Did it? Did I want to go, or was I looking for an excuse not to go? Right. Um, so uh, yeah. So I kind of let that go, and uh, then it hit me again in my mid thirties, and um, just by happenstance, I was procrastinating going into the gym, and I'm in this dental group uh on facebook and it's you know dental all dental related professionals in this okay. group and and it's us wide now it's worldwide but at the time it was just basically us providers and it was an advertisement um for dental hygienists and it was great pay and of course you hear all that you had i've heard all these uh kind of extravagant things about dubai and i was like you know what why not? And I uh, called a recruiter and he says, send your CV. And I said, okay. He was in West Palm Beach. Wow. And uh, I sent my resume <laughs> as I know it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, that it was all kind of uphill from there. I um, sent my resume, had the interview that was March of 2014. Um, and I was here August of 2014. Wow. So would you say that your time spent, it has been good for you or, oh, it's, or is it time for you to say, okay, I want to go somewhere else or I'm done with this region. I want to spread my wings. What's, what's the future leading? And then that will lead us into our next topic. Oh, the future for me, I am definitely um, a, a person about different cultures. So being in Fort Lauderdale was um, absolutely a wonderful thing um, because you had such a huge demographic of people from, the South, from South America, from the Caribbean. Um, so that just kind of speaks to who I am. And then moving here, moving abroad, and living amongst these people um, has been, it, it speaks to me in the core. So will I ever object to living abroad um, or moving somewhere else? No. At this particular time in my life though, I feel like I need to go home. Mm. I feel like I need to check in. I feel like I need to just kind of touch and agree with 
my my mother, which I'm her only child, my grandparents okay. who are still living, my, my cousin, sister, cousin, you know, um, I just need to, my godsons, I just need to kind of be be there and, and connect and, and connect with and them. Connect. And I have that I have that sense in my in my being at the moment. Um, but as I say that, I am also looking for other opportunities, um, and or I should say, I'm also open to other opportunities. So, okay, what, even though home is calling you back, if another opportunity presented itself, and let's say it was so beneficial to you, where would you go? Oh. Um, where would you go? <laughs> honestly, you know, because I'm such a people person, I'll go wherever they have me. Wow. Um, I, I, I have a profession, I'm not tied down to that profession, I have... Um, many more interests. However, mm-hmm. wherever they have me, um, I will go. If they, you know, if it's you know a language barrier, I wish only I, I'm not a linguist, so I do only speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, so beneficial would be an English speaking country. Basically, does, anglophone to yeah. to help you maneuver. Yes. Okay. That will do. That will do. Um, but because I'm a people person and I'm such, I relate to people. Um, I I do well with communicating, nonverbal communication with people, um, and getting what I need done, and doing what I need to do, even in a foreign kind of environment. But obviously English is um, my my means of verbal communication, so. Understood, yeah. understood. So, let's move the conversation to the melanated folks in the region, because you have been here for so long. How has your experiences been one, I want to talk about continental Africans as well as those blacks um, in the diaspora within this region. So let's start with blacks in the diaspora. How has your experience been with others who look like you and I in this region themselves? Oh, we at this point, I think the diaspora is just so varied and it's so nuanced. Um, that is a kind of a treat. But for the most part, um, it's been, you know, it's, it's been my experience. Like I said, I have experience with um, a lot of people that look like me, but culturally we are different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm a people person, I, I seek to understand where they're coming from. Okay. Um, not to necessarily change who I am, but to understand why would someone say that? Why would someone do that? Um, and, and, and I would hope the same thing for me. Um, but a lot of times, everyone comes with their reference or their stereotypes, their perceptions of what you should be, and then versus who you are. Um, and I, you know, I've I've met a wide variety of people from the diaspora. Um, it was so funny because I was like, the wildest thing I had like last week, I had three patients. One, she was Congo, and from she she was originally. Her family's from Congo. However, she is. Uh, she was born, or she was raised in Belgium. Oh wow! Okay, you know, um, very. Um, then I had a family from the UK that they were black. Um, so just very interesting uh, week for me as far as having a, the diaspora coming in contact with the diaspora. So. Um, I've had I've had great experience and it's just been eye opening to know that melanated people are all over this 
world and we populate. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. We take so, up space, I should say. Oh, yes. oh, gotcha. So talk about then your experience with continental Africans who have, or, or your experience um, just involving with them, you know, um, your experiences. I've had and great, yes. I've had great experiences. I've had a lot of miscues experiences, um, experiences where I've had to kind of sit back and be quiet. Yes. Sometimes that's good. That's very good. Sometimes it's good. And um, just kind of because, and not understanding and trying to, once again, going back to that understanding, everyone, just because we look alike, we are so nuanced in our social class. Mm -hmm. We are so nuanced in our um, our economic status yes. and what's available to us. So we may be we may be in the same place, but our experiences could be yes. really different just based on that. And it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. And sometimes, just because you look like me, that doesn't mean you have, you don't have that doesn't necessarily mean you have the same experiences that I have. True. Or you look at things um, through the same lens, and sometimes. Uh, that it can be a barrier, but once, once if you can just sit and you can just listen, you you can probably figure out where right where you kind of it's kind of like when elders say um, peace be still, just be still for a minute, and then yeah. you can kind of maybe maneuver and, and so. And, but and I've had great I've had great experiences um, from East African to West African to South African, um, and I say that kind of breaking it up general lives. Okay. Okay. Um, but, you know, people from Uganda, people from Kenya, people from um, Sudan, and and that would be sub the subcontinent, right? Yes, right? yes. Um, so we can get into the <laughs> sub and sure. the northern. But that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, definitely some, some interesting experiences. So and, let me ask you this thing. With the experiences that you've had, what are some of the reasons why those continental Africans have said to you they have left their homeland. What has been some of the reasons that they've said to you, hey, I left uh, Kenya for this reason. I left Sudan for this reason, etc. It was more so probably um, with uh, access. Okay. Um, and a lot of people that I do come in contact, they tend to be, uh, their economic status is something, is of a higher network. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people have left home, you know, in, in their teens. They've been abroad mm -hmm. um, in boarding school mm -hmm. um, and studying, whether that's in Europe, whether that's in the UK, whether that's Australia or um, or the United States. So their experiences is going to be totally something like yes, you know that is their home, but obviously the the type of work that they do, the access and the opportunities, it's not that at that developed. Okay, where they can go back. Um, and it's interesting enough that I have that conversation because I have, I'm talking about, I'm, I have one person in mind when I say that. Mm -hmm. And when I first met her, she had no desire to go back to Kenya. And I was like, but why not? Yes. Why not? Why wouldn't? That's your home. Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to go home? And, um, and, uh, you know what? She's back home. She started her practice. Awesome. And she is now engaged. You know, it, 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 it is so awesome to, to hear stories like that, in, especially with them returning home, because their countries need them. 
You know, a lot of the brain drain um, with Continental Africans leaving, and as I was telling a fellow colleague of mine, the number one reason that I personally get um, is just the, the politics. And, but what they don't really, meaning Continental Africans don't understand that us blacks that come from America, our political system is not the greatest in the world. But this is what is being portrayed to them. And so when you sell that propaganda, propaganda, excuse me, um, people say, oh, I, I want to leave this place because of the, 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 the politics here. Yeah. But do you right. know what you're getting when you go elsewhere? You know, a lot of times it appears like the grass is greener and rosier yes. elsewhere than home. But it, that's a good story to hear that she has gone back home to start up her, her, her business. You know, I, myself personally, I am a, am a nomadic person. I have really never lived anywhere longer than five years. <laughs> yes. And um, so yeah. I have been allowed to see just different things that have formulated my ideologies about a host of things. Mm -hmm. You being here in the Middle East, how has um, this country, let's say the GCC, I, I know they call it the Middle East, but truly that's not but we'll talk about that later. But how has the religious aspects of the GCC, have they stifled you in your own personal beliefs or have they allowed you to flourish in your own personal beliefs? Tell us about that. They have um, opened up. I have always been, although I was a small town girl, I was a worldly girl in my head. Okay. And so I look at religion as just what it is. It is a way of life. Mm -hmm. And certain people in certain way, you know, to connect to connect with a higher uh, power, yes, um, spiritual you know, being, a spiritual yes. being, and how what that makes sense in the region, in the place that you live in, and then in your daily life. So I think religion has helped people over millions of years or or thousands of years kind of develop a kind of more efficient way to to either live healthier. And then also connect to that spiritually. Mm -hmm. So even living in this area, you you're met with some of the, some some of the do most dogmatic, draconian kind of um, perceptions, right? Because once you get here, it's totally different, yes, right. Um, but it has allowed me to understand that we really just are coexisting. And I think mm -hmm. being here in, in the United Arab Emirates. Um, is a is a kind of great introduction abroad, mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's not no it's not a Christian uh, com uh, country, uh, but yeah it it is still kind of a live and let live type of and it, it has become that more. So basically, it hasn't impeded you in any anyway, way. No, I've um, I've been to Brazil. I've kind of explored some of the natural African um, spirituality and yes. religion. Um, I'm not. I'm never afraid. I've, ne I've never been afraid of that. You know, um, being being. Um, I would say being Christian. Yeah. Growing up Christian, I was never afraid uh, to to talk about what we would consider voodoo or what mm -hmm. we would consider mm -hmm. Yoruba or Santeria or Candombole um, or some of these other you know other. I've never been afraid of it or never been shied away from talking about it and and just what is it. Right, um, so I went to Brazil, had a great time there, um, and I find that Islam and true Christianity is very similar. Yes, 
Um, it has opened me up to Orthodox. It has opened me up to the Ethiopian um, uh, Christianity or Judaism. Mm-hmm. However, you, what, it's a cross, a mix of, yes. of, of really when you talk about it. So, I mean, it hasn't really did anything to stop or to kind of uh, my outlook. I just think that we coexist and we find what works for us. True. You know, I, I merely ask that because people seem to, I've been asked numerous times. Hey, psst, down here. It's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend. And they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. About how I'm navigating as a person who is a, a I don't practice any dominant religion. How am I able to live here? I continue to live here and blood and oxygen permeates my body continuously without me having to worry about if I am um, a, a, a practicing person of Islam or I'm a practicing Christian. I'm living, I'm yes. living, and it's not impeded, so it's good that you say that. Since you brought up Brazil, tell our audience about your travels. Where else have you been? Talk about some of your favorite places. Brazil um, is, oh yes. my God, Brazil is, is, Brazil is really up there, um, probably top. Brazil, um, I enjoy Bali. It is, it is, uh, it is a bit touristy, commercial, but the people—the people are truly hospitable. Some of the most hospitable people, and the scenery—it just—it can't be, can't be topped. Um, I enjoy—I enjoyed my travels. I, I enjoyed Greece. I enjoyed Santorini. I really did. Um, Joburg. I really want to get back to South Africa. Okay. Um, I did a quick trip during E, and um, I went to Joburg, and that was it was heavy. And I, I, I don't going back to our, your previous question about relatability um, to people on the continent. Yes. I find that I relate as an American. I relate more to South Africans than any other. It seems like we have. I can. I understand what where they're coming from, and I. I just. It's a. It's a connection there for me with um, South Africans. I feel. I'm just, okay. Um, and I, I wonder, is it because of the whole race thing mm. that we 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 share culturally yes. that we understand? Yes. Um. And uh, so, but Joburg was heavy, but I really, I really can't wait for the opportunity to go back and explore some and do some of the fun stuff. You know, some of the touristy, some of the wine, enjoy the country. and um, But I'm glad I got the, the cultural, the heavy stuff over yes. and done. Yeah. You know, um, 
the first time I went to South Africa, uh, the first place I went to was Johannesburg. And on a previous um, conversation, I spoke with a gentleman about my love for South Africa. And of course, he asked me, well, why of all the countries that you say you, you decide that you're going to live finally, your final days out, why didn't, basically, why didn't you pick her? And I gave him my reasons for not picking her. Although South Africa is, especially Cape Town, the beauty is just, I have no words in my vocabulary that could properly articulate the way that she looks, you know. Um, her beauty is just unmatched of all the places I've been to. Everyone said I uh, Yes, and I've been on six continents. I've, I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen oh, a wow. lot. Yes. And so, but what keeps me at bay, and it's something you brought up, even though I can identify with them due to the apartheid regime, the problem is the institution institutional mindset. Like I was sharing with you um, my time there. I recently shared with some um, Ghanaian friends of mine how I was looking to purchase property in uh, Cape Town. I mean, I pretty much wasn't allowed to buy because of my skin color. And the people who I knew, the people who I knew and who I were with, of course, they were buying a villa that cost more than the mere pittance of money I had in my pocket, but they were allowed to buy. They were not considered black, but I'd known the husband for years. He has since gone on to the great beyond. He was in an uproar about them not selling to me. And had it not been for his wife, because they had been looking for a place in South Africa to purchase for years, he, had it not been for her, they probably wouldn't have bought. But, of course, that's his wife. He wanted to, to please his wife, but he was angry. But I say that to say this. I've been in restaurants all over South Africa. I've been the first customer in the restaurant. I've been ignored because someone who comes in, they don't look like me. They're white. They're European. They get served first before me. And I'm sitting here saying, hey, I'm sitting here. Didn't you see me arrive first? I've been there with friends of mine's. Who's, who, who experienced the same thing. And so the institution of apartheid, yes, it may not be legal on the books. However, it is legal in the mind, if, yes. if you get me. And I think that it is going to take a lot of action on South Africans to really get their mindsets right. Because it's still, well, white is better. And even though she came in here first, no, I am not going to serve her. Now, again, I'm telling you, this place is gorgeous. Yes. It is gorgeous, gorgeous. As you and I sit here on the balcony and we look at this place here, I mean, imagine this times 10. Yeah. You know. This is what I've heard. And, and your, experience is, your experience is not alone because I did feel that. And I, in Joburg. I, in Joburg. And okay. I, got, and I, I received some of that. And it was um, it was eye opening yes. as the mentality and where these people are mentally. Yes, like you're saying that um, although apartheid is not legal on the books, it is it is in the mind, and it and it's so unfortunate because these people who are perpetrating this kind of behavior, they look like you and me. Yes, they look like both of us. Yes, and so it's kind of like, are you? And you you instantly recognize what it is when it 
when it happens. Yes. And it's so unfortunate. And, but I feel, and when you say that, I say I, I really have, I think it's bubbling with potential. Yes, of course. Because the infrastructure is there. Yes. They just need to get the mind and understand um, and then why they didn't sell to you, we can go into that too. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's to keep the institutions of... Of the of, race there. Of course. Of, of, of course. Of, of course. That's to keep Cape, Cape Town what Cape Town is. Of course. Um, of course. So, of course. Um, but the infrastructure is definitely there. But the country is so vast. Yes. South Africa is just yes. so, um, so vast. But I think they have a lot of potential. But yes, I do... I, I received some of that. Yes. I received, um, I went to uh, a new winery there as well. And and the only thing I think my saving grace was my American privilege. Wow. Um, now talk about that a little bit. I, American privilege and how it gets, and, it gets and, you things. And so going back to your previous question about relating to us. Yes. Um, I think sometimes we come out here, we don't, we don't understand that we have American especially um, black Americans yes um, and so and then we also come out here we come out here with an American mentality instead of hold up you're not in Kansas anymore um, this is how they do it um, sit back and see see where where it's gonna lead you now you're gonna have some reservations about it but sometimes you have to sit back and, and see how it how it how it unfolds um, and a lot of times we get into, we start doing the same things as if we were in Miami, if we were in Atlanta, if we were in Houston or New York or LA, and we and we kind of don't open ourselves up to um, so many other cultures here, whether that's the UK um, diaspora, whether that's the diaspora mm -hmm. from the continent, um, and we just kind of get closed in with the same people because it's easy, it's familiar. Of course. And, and it does feel good. It does feel good to connect. But sometimes we need to, we really do need to connect and understand what the diaspora because we, as Americans, we bring in a lot. We, we bring in a lot. Of, we bring in a lot. We're, we're a lot. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do. And that is actually something that I talk about a lot is that the collectivism with continental Africans and those in the diaspora, I mean, it is tantamount to what is actually happening on the continent today. Um, if you continue to have leaders like Michael Foley and, and people like this, there is going to be no leaps and bounds as to what these countries are going to be able to do. And you know, even though uh, South Africa is the most developed on the continent, when you think about other strides that can be made just there, I mean, it's like a, a an untapped child's mind. Right. You know, for me personally, first being there and never having been in South Africa before, what I loved so much, I had never seen so many black bankers in my life. S small things that people probably would not even identify with. But it, oh man, it, it, it because it just opened me up to the possibility. Yes, like that's what I see in South yes. Africa. The potential, like you're you're there. However, your mindset. Yes. So you have the infrastructure, but you don't have the mindset of yes. the, of certain leaders that you could do. Yes. You could do so much with this. Of course. Um, of you course. You could be such a force. Now, can you imagine the development South Africa has with maybe a leader from hey, the guy that just 
Magafuli, yes. Tanzania. Tanzania. Well, he, just, he yeah. definitely was going to be on his way, but you know, people who are progressive oh. like that and it, and and it are not in the pockets of the West is a very is a danger. Yes. I'm liking Rwanda. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm liking I'm liking what's being done there too. But the development take already the infrastructure because that takes a lot. It, a lot. It does. It and does. we know how that happened and of why course. it happened. Of course. But it's there. So we're going to use it, right? Of course. Um, but take the development that they have and if you could take some of these progressive leaders that don't that they are trying to develop their country without the aid without. of the, 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 the West and without or oh, the West is not always but the East. Yeah, we have to. The, yes. the new Silk is a bound. Yes. Is, is no, you you are you are absolutely you are absolutely correct. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it's uh, that would be a very wonderful thing to see. Totally, I totally agree. And you know, in I I always say it may not be in my lifetime, but I know that it's coming. Yeah. It may not be while I am on Earth, but I know that it's coming. Now, let me ask you this, and this would be our final thought. When you talked about Brazil. Uh, the times that I've been in Brazil, and especially when you go down, to, I don't know if you went down to Salvador de Bahia, and you see the people and they look like us and they are so welcoming. Um, just that vast pool of melanated talent down there. Were you, did you feel as welcoming as you were when you were in Johannesburg? Tell me about your experience. No, really I in that felt area. more welcomed in Brazil. Let me tell you, if I could speak. Speak on things, yes. Um, my mom, she, uh, so the backstory to how I got, because it's always a backstory. Of course right? it is. So, of course. How did I get to Brazil? I'm reading, in essence, maybe 2008, 2009. There's this little festival um, called the Sisters of the Dead in Castreira. Yes. And because I'm that, I'm that child, well, why not? And I so love I, that. I said, Mom, they have this uh, uh, festival. My mom was always a person. Uh, my mom was a bit of, uh, she was kind of out there as well. But, of course, I guess as you as you get older, you kind of resort back to kind of fall back in line. Um, so it passed to me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that should be. And so, but anyway, so we get there. However, couldn't go. Never could go. But I was like, we should do this. Rock, I went to Brazil, that was 2008, so the okay. seed was planted just by that little small kind of events thing back in the back column of Essence that they used to, they, they have, I don't know, I haven't had Essence in a while, um, print, I see it again, and I was like, I'm going, and there was this guy, he was advertising, I don't know how he come jump on my feed, but he's on my feed, he, do, he does Afro-Brazil tours. And he's talking about this tour. He's describing it a little different. And I said, "Is this? He, he, is this the Sisters of the Dead?" And in this in this tent, he said, "Yes, same, same." Borja Morte. Yes. Uh, and I yes. was like, "Yes, that's it." I want to uh, go. I, I never <laughs> met this tour guide. Um, trusted him. Trusted the universe. It all worked out. Uh, my mom from Florida to uh, Rio. I flew from here. Uh, and it was an awesome, awesome experience. We were welcomed. 
Um, it was one of the best tours I could have ever um, thought about curating. Um, but the festival itself uh, and the people and how the religion, uh, basically the, the, the Yoruba, the Kendambole, is yes. under attack right now. Yes. Um, and the, and the, but that religion is so intertwined yes. in that country. It is. And it's going to be hard to do that. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we were all in um, Bahia and through the mountains, and we, we veered away from the, the coast. We were on the coast a bit, but we got up in, in the mountains. Yes. And, yes. And it was, when I tell you, it was like a homecoming. It was, and actually, there where they meet, uh, it's, and the organization is one of the oldest sororities in the Western Hemisphere. And what these ladies did was that they helped enslaved uh, Africans gain their freedom. Yes. They trained them. And um, so in order to be a part of this organization, which is still up and running today, the sisters are still going, you must be over 40. So you've lived your life, you've had your family, and now you're able to give back to your community. So once a year, it's basically a homecoming, and they do an integration, and they go from the church, they parade from the church, so the priest is all in, okay. and they carry the Madonna through. Yes. Um, and it's a celebration. I can show you the pictures after. It was, have you been? I, I didn't go for that, but I've been to Saturday. Saturday. Yes, yeah, so yes. You've had, and they have different festivals, and it's, of course, it's very of similar. course, of course. But their house, these sisters' house, the house that they, you know, that they, their home, their sorority home, was financed by Perez King. Wow. Yeah. See how you learn something new every yeah, day? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they give back. Oh, it was, when I tell you it was a time and we had a true samba. And, and it's, it's a shame because you see how our, our history and our culture has been sexualized. Of course it and is. And taken out. But when I tell you these women... And it was such a lovely time. And of course, you always have a little riffraff in the, in the midst. Yes. And how they got that energy back, it was something to see. So and powerful. Very powerful. So you had some back. And, you know, they were getting a little, you know, because they, they feed the community. Yeah. They people come out. It's a different kind of vibe for everyone to get whatever they need out of it, right? Of course. And when I tell you, those sisters made that circle and they started. Yes. Oh, it was it was a sight to see. I get chills. I go back and I watch the video. Yeah, yeah. Time, but I've is, heard of the uh, of those particular tours for that particular festival. Me personally, I have just never gone. Does the gentleman who you um, decided to go does he still run those festivals? Um, unfortunately, he has since passed. Okay. Um, okay. So he's gone to the great beyond, and uh, and but I tell you, he was Carlos was a he was a gem. He was a definite. Jim, honest, sincere. Um, he was from the area, um, practiced the religion. He was educated in um, in California. Okay. And then he returned to do the Afro tours. Uh, you know, it's it, it's good to hear good things about um, Brazil. I, I, I happen to be on a, and we'll wrap up here on a gentleman's um, a podcast a while ago because he wanted me to talk about some of the lies that a lot of men, black men, who travel, and they're not telling the truth. And, of course, 
I let it all hang out and, and, and told them the things that go on in a lot of these different places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as well as in Brazil. But what I did find, me personally, is that when I was in um, Salvador de Bahia, in, just in that re- that region of Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't experience the stuff that you experienced in Rio and, you know, those areas. Just because it was just a different dynamic, and maybe it was just because of that melanin energy, you know. I don't, I, I can't even say. Although I had the time of my life in all of the places that I have visited yeah, in Brazil, the energy again was just different, just being over here with the people that look like me, yeah, you know, it just was different, yeah, in, in, in totality. And so, uh, I, I again, like you, I, I enjoy myself. But have never gone for that particular festival. Well, one, I want to thank you for joining me here on the Afrothiopia podcast. We like to have unique guests here having an array of topics that we talk about for those in the diaspora as those um, also on continental Africans. So I want to let you, um, if you want to plug your social media or any of your channels, you're welcome to do that. And we're going to end our conversation today. So go ahead. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Uh Hopes I could do it again. Of course. Yeah, we have of backstories. Of course. Yes. We can talk about what I do, and I am such an, a unicorn out here. Yes. Um, but definitely, uh, I'm. I mean, I'm just. I don't really have any podcasts or any social media at this moment. Anybody that wants to reach me can reach me at rdhdubai uh, at gmail dot com. I am ds levy ds underscore levy <laughs> on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I'm just out here living. Awesome. And thank you for joining us. All right. Yeah. Yeah.